This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. He just launched a chamber podcasting course. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Chris Johnson, President and CEO of the Association of Washington Business in Washington State, to learn how Holman Brothers has provided value for him. Well, Doug and Bill at the Holman Brothers have been a key ally in growth uh, for my professional career working at three different chambers, a local chamber, a regional chamber, and now a statewide chamber. And they've been the ideal solution, whether it's a comprehensive training program, whether it's working on individual sales growth, quarterly check-ins with the team. The ability to grow members has meaning more assets for the organization. More assets means we can do more things to serve our members. They've really been the perfect solution for us, a trusted resource partner and a growth partner for us all along the way. So hats off to Doug and Bill for their great success. They'll be a great partner for you as they are for us. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today. For a limited time as a launch promotion, this course is being offered at a 25% discount. Be sure to purchase a course today to lock in your savings before the price goes up, even if you're not ready to start right away. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot. Our guest for this episode, this is a... uh, uh, 2022 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalist series that we're putting out right now. But our guest for this episode is Robin Anderson. Robin has served as president and CEO of the Mason City Chamber in Iowa since 2001. As a native of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, she's a graduate of the University of Iowa and holds a master's degree in servant leadership. Prior to assuming her role with the chamber, she spent 20 years in the banking industry, serving as both a local bank president and as a regional executive overseeing operations for Bank of America's 21 Iowa locations. She earned both professional designations of IOM from the U.S. Chamber and CCE from ACCE. Robin is a past chair of the Mid-American Chamber of Commerce Executives, the Iowa Chamber Alliance, and the Iowa Chamber of Commerce Executives. She was selected as a fellow with ACCE Educational Attainment Division and is a member of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Committee of 100. Robin, I'm excited to have you back with me on Chamber Chat Podcast. You were a guest last year. If anybody wants to go back, it was episode 129 as the Mason City Chamber was a Chamber of the Year finalist last year as well. So this is exciting to have you back. But why don't you take a minute to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and 
share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Sure. Well, hello, everybody. Um, as um, was mentioned, I'm a recovering banker, but now I have actually spent more time in the chamber industry than I did in banking. And I'm looking forward. Actually, I'm a little ambivalent, but um, I'm going to be retiring at the end of um, 2022. So I'm looking forward to a new chapter in my life. Yeah, I can imagine you know, you say ambivalent, there's a little bit of looking forward to, I, I know you've got plans, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about the Mason City Chamber, um, size, staff, budget, just to give us an idea before we get into our discussion. Sure. Um, we are a chamber of 4.5 FTEs. We have um, four full-timers, one part-timer, and we frequently um have an intern as often as we can attract one anyway. And um, we serve um, a nine county region in north central Iowa, Mason City, although we're a small community of um, less than 30,000 people. We're the um, county seat trade center sort of um, place for north Iowa. And um, we have um, about 650 member businesses from this region, and our budget is around a half a million. That really helps to kind of give us a perspective. Um, as we get into our discussion today, as a Chamber of the Year finalist, I like to focus our discussions on the, the two programs that were submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. And we'll dive into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports. 
the entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities, too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. When you really think about it, is it realistic to expect your membership rep to deliver consistent results without consistent coaching? Much like an elite athlete, your membership rep must be aligned and performing at their best, which doesn't happen automatically. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching Program supplies the indispensable training, guidance, and support your membership rep needs to keep their performance in high gear. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. All right, Robin, we're back. Um, as I mentioned before the break, we'll address the, the two programs that you guys put on your Chamber of the Year application this year. Um, I'd like for you just to maybe just from a, a high level, just mention what the two programs are, and then we can dive in a little bit deeper on some of those details. Sure. Um, I think we are not unlike a lot of other chambers in that we are very much focused on workforce attraction and retention. So both of our programs have to do with that. Um, the first one is um, called Building Community um, with an emphasis on the unity. And we have positioned our um, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative as a workforce attraction and retention strategy. And the other program is a um, chamber initiative also for workforce attraction to use a historic, architecturally significant property as um, short-term furnished housing for college interns. All right. So maybe let's let's dive in a little bit deeper on that one, since that's the, the one you just mentioned. So this historic property, tell us the history of it and sure. how the chamber came about this and kind of the solution you guys developed. Sure. Well, Mason City has a growing reputation as a destination for architecture. We have the last remaining Frank Lloyd Wright Hotel um, in the world um, that was restored about 10 years ago. And we also have the largest collection of prairie school homes that are unified by a common setting in the world. So as a result of those things, Condé Nast Traveler has twice named Mason City on its list of the world's best cities for architecture. So that puts our teeny Mason City, Iowa, <laughs> alongside Dubai and Paris and Miami and Seattle and Istanbul and Tel Aviv. So it's pretty remarkable. So um, when uh, historic property was flooded and was in the FEMA buyout, there were a lot of people in the community saying, wow, you know, how could we let this home be demolished? And the reason that this house, it's not the prairie school style that we're famous for. 
It's actually a combination of art modern and international styles. But what makes it really unique is it's the first architectural style that placed the garage at the front of the house. Previous to that time, garages were behind the houses and you access them through an alleyway. And at the 1939 World's Fair in New York, they heralded this motor home as the house of the future. And it really um, sort of signifies American middle class's growing love affair with the automobile, where we put our garages right out front. And <laughs> this house actually even had a double garage, which in 1939 was pretty remarkable. So anyway, this is the house that was flooded, and we just saw a need to find a way to save this house. But then, how are you going to cash flow it long term? Right. And one of the things that we've been hearing from our employers is that we have no um, residential hotels like a residence inn um, within 100 miles of wow. Mason City. And we have no apartments that were available for short-term rentals. So when businesses wanted to attract a college intern, their pool was really limited to um, people who could arrange for their own housing with families or friends. And so they've been, we've been talking for a while about how do we get some short-term furnished housing. Well, this house has five bedrooms and four bathrooms. And so we decided, you know, I wonder if we could um, rent out these rooms to interns or health care um, students who are in town on rotations. And so we actually hired a MBA cohort um, to do a study, a feasibility study on this for us. And they found that, yes, today's students, if they had access to short-term furnished housing at a nice price, would not object to sharing a laundry room, sharing a kitchen, and sharing bathrooms. And um, so that is sort of what we put out there. Um, sadly, we received our occupancy permit on March 30th of 2020. Oh, so wow. <laughs> at that time, um, a lot of businesses stopped having interns. Um, a lot of medical school rotations sort of stopped. And um, so we had a period of time where just the caretaker was living in the lower level apartment. But now I'm happy to say, um, we're full. And um, for the summer, we could have filled this house with interns several times. And we also, since we were able to start accepting interns um, a little over a year ago, we've actually had several businesses who have hired their interns full time because um, they had such a great experience living in the house and also participating in our College Connections program, which we run um, in tandem to this housing project. 
That's awesome. I don't know if enough time has passed yet to really tell if if it really is a spike. Obviously, it would be a spike in the summer for interns to come, but mm -hmm. if it's something that you can keep full throughout the year as well, do you have any kind of feedback yet as far as the demand throughout the rest yes, of the year? Yes, we've actually, um, we have one of the rooms that one employer has reserved through December of 2023. Okay. And um, we have other employers who are interested in just renting a, a room so that they have it there for interns because we had a lot of um, disappointed people who couldn't get in the house. And we're also looking, there's another historic property in town that we're looking at doing the same with, the same thing with, because this seems to be a model that works. And I think this could be a model that could work in other communities. Um, you know, that was my next question is if this is, a, it sounds like a good a business model that a chamber could adapt or even spin off, you know, onto another nonprofit at some point. Well, exactly. Because, um, you know, a lot of communities get behind saving historic homes. But the problem is, there's not you can't just run them as a house museum. Yeah. You know, there's just not enough revenue. You know, people might be interested in seeing it once, but that is not enough revenue to keep something going. And so we really feel like um, as long as you can get it done without debt, you should be able to um, generate enough revenue from rental of the rooms to pay utilities, taxes, and upkeep. Well, and what a neat story, too, for those interns that stay there to be able to talk about their time doing an internship and staying in this historic house in Mason City. Like, they're going to remember that, and it's a lot better than staying at a residence inn, even if you guys had one in town. So. Well, it, exactly, and that was kind of what we thought, too. We thought, um, and we really prefer rather, you know, we could fill it with all med students on rotation. We could fill it probably with all student teachers. We could, you know kick of engineers, whatever, but we really feel like they'll have a richer experience if there's a mix in the room or mm -hmm. in the house. And um, that at least last summer, we had a really good mix. And then when we did, as the students moved out and we did exit interviews, they really did enjoy um, not having everybody be exactly like them. Yeah. So, thank you. That's great. I love that 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 program. Um, so let's shift gears over to building community. Um, I'd like the play on unity and community. And tell us what how did that program come about? What's it about? Uh, I know it's workforce related, but let's dive a little deeper into that program. Well, it is. I'll start by giving you some um, quick demographics. Um, in the 2010 census, um, Mason City was about 94.6% Caucasian. And in the 2020 census, we're 93% Caucasian. Um, so we haven't made a lot of um, progress in terms of diversity. We also, 40.3% of our labor force in our county is age 55 to 64. Um, 
and our population um, is shrinking. Mm -hmm. So when we look at um, our talent pipeline and our workforce for the future, it's very worrisome. So the quickest way for us to deal with this is to recruit people to our community who don't look like us. And despite the fact that um, we don't have much diversity, we really feel like we are a welcoming community. Um, so we have positioned our DEI efforts as a workforce attraction strategy. And we're doing um, diversity, equity, and inclusion training um, with our employers and actually certifying them as an inclusive employer. And then the ch chamber provides them with our building community um, little logo that they can, um, we, we have door clings and or window clings, but also just a little bug that they can use on their website or on their um, employment application materials. And um, we have steps that businesses can take to be more inclusive, no matter what size they are. And sort of another part of this strategy is we have a community concierge program and that is led by the chamber, um, supported very heavily by our members. We give customized community tours. We provide um, lure pieces in the form of a video brochure that can be customized um, for one applicant. Um, and then we provide follow-up services. So if somebody moves to our community who's an engineer and they're Lebanese and they want to know where they can go to get this Lebanese ingredient, um, we know where they can go and we provide that follow-up as long as they need it until they get really um, integrated into the community. and. Um, so again, it's sort of like um, the intern project. We're not doing anything huge. We're just trying to chip away at this workforce attraction problem one person at a time. So help me understand, and, and maybe maybe I do understand, and I just need a little clarification. <laughs> but it, so is the basis of this program to educate the employers about You'd mentioned the DEI uh, training and everything, but for them to be more diverse in seeking talent, or are you doing that and then still proactively looking for and trying to draw the diverse workforce into your community? Um, all of those things. Okay. Um, Good. You know, and I and <laughs> I think we're you know just like everybody else. You know, workforce attraction and retention is not one thing. It's a million things. And um, we really take the public position that workforce attraction and retention is everybody's job. Because if we can't get the workforce that we need, we, you know, we're short on physicians right now. Well, that's a quality of life issue. You know, yeah. if you don't have enough doctors in your community, um, that's an issue for everyone. And 
Let's be honest with with today's workforce. It's all a quality of life issue, right? If you can't go to a restaurant and get served, it's a quality of life issue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. So we're really, that's why, um, and our chamber is sort of known for using art to solve public problems. Um, We launched a, Sculpture Walk public art program. We've um, done murals on the backs of ugly downtown buildings. Um, to and so what we're doing, what we decided to do to sort of launch this effort was do a community mural and then also sort of um, reinforce that with billboards with the mural image. So that our whole community knows that we all need to be more welcoming, not just employers, um, but neighborhoods and restaurants and schools and everybody. This is everybody's job. And it really is a unity thing. Yeah, I love that. And it is such a, a unifying force, too. Once you can get everybody on board with it. I love those. Um, the videos you talked about to personalize these messages, those video brochures. Um, Cause that, and if anybody listening, if you're not doing that, that is a, a almost becoming a standard in the, in the industry of, as far as workforce and talent attraction is to be able to customize these packages to be able to say, okay, you're a Muslim. Here's the mosque in our community. Here's those, you know, grocery stores and what the, the, you know, how you would fit in, in our community and really help them feel comfortable. Um, so Robin, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and chambers are so well positioned because all these businesses that provide all these services are our members. And so nobody knows where all these resources are better than chambers. Right. Even better than Google. I'll tell you. Even better. (laughs) That's right. Even better. Because we can give personal (laughs) testimony. That's right. So, Robin, as a as a Chamber of the Year finalist, um, I see all the finalists as kind of setting a standard of sorts for chambers to to look towards and to kind of uh, try to elevate their community, if you will. But I wanted to to ask, how do you view the role of your chamber in your community? Well, we are sort of a poker and a prodder. Um, I and I think City Hall would say that, too. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that kind of get hung up and you can spend a lot of time wringing your hands and naming all the problems. And I think what we're best known for is actually doing something. And, you know, these synopses are examples of things that we do that might be small but at least we're moving forward and making a difference. And it can be paralyzing when sometimes, you know, we could look at our demographics and be paralyzed and spend a lot of time talking about how terrible this is, but that's not going to help us. And, you know, but it's easy to get caught up in that. Oh, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. And um, small towns like ours across America 
are facing these same issues. So we're just trying to dig in and, you know, we've really encouraged our city when interest rates are low, this is the time to invest in infrastructure and invest in things. And down the road, you know, we're going to be glad we did. And um, that really is a role of government. And now because of funding that's been provided to government, um, this really, really is the time to position ourselves for the future. So um, I think the fact that um, we get the best business minds in the community um, on our board and we really utilize them not for attending our golf outing or networking events or those kind of things. When we get them around the board table, we really talk about what issue is facing, you know, what are the issues you're facing as a business and what can we collectively do to make it better um, has really made a difference to us and I think has really helped to muscle build our organization. Yeah. I think that's so key to use some of those more influential people in your community for things that really matter. And not that a golf tournament doesn't matter, but on a scale of importance in a community, there's probably some heavier topics, some more impactful things that you can, you know, utilize those individuals in to, leverage their influence and, and people they know and, and everything else. So I think that is a, a great, a great piece of advice, which was going to be my next thing. I was going to ask if you have any uh, tips or action item, maybe that a chamber listening could do to help take their chamber up to the next level. Um, well, I think the best advice that I have is um, I'll leave you with a quote. Um, the world needs dreamers and the world needs doers, but most of all, the world needs dreamers who do. And I think chambers are in a great position to dream, but we're also, um, business people and we do. And so that's sort of what we try to live by around here. That's great. I love that. Very good. Very good piece of advice. So thank you. So I like asking everyone I have on the show, and I don't know if you remember your response last year when you were on, but I'd like to ask, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Well, I think to stay relevant, um, we really do need to keep changing. And I am amazed when I look at the Horizon Initiative, at how clairvoyant many of those items were. Um, But I think one of the things that we learned coming out of COVID is customization, that our businesses, um, you know, the email blasts are in the past, and we really need to be customizing our messaging and directing it to um, the people who care about that particular thing. And that's going to take investments in technology 
and that's going to take critical thinking and it's going to take change. We aren't going to be able to do things um, the way we've always done them. And that's one of the things as I look toward retirement, I think, you know, there's probably a lot of things I've been doing the same way for, you know, the past 20 some years. And um, I think it'll be really good for our chamber to have some new blood and some new ideas and some new eyes and ears um, that can take our chamber to the next level. For sure. I think that is a, it, it is always a, a good thing, I think, to have a new perspective that, that comes and, and whether it's a change in the, the chamber executive or, or even just as your board turns over year to year, that brings perspective as well. Um, but it is important to keep changing and, and customize that messaging. So thank you. Um, Robin, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you, especially over the next six months before you uh, go off into retirement about anything that you've mentioned today or how you guys are doing things at the Mason City Chamber. What would be the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Sure. Um, email is still the best way for me. Or if you're at the ACCE convention, you can hit me up there. Um, but my email address is R as in Robin Anderson with an O-N at MasonCityIA.com. All right. And I will get that in our show notes for this episode as well. But Robin, it's been great having you back on Chamber Chat Podcast. Um, great circumstances to have you back as a, a Chamber of the Year finalist again. And I wish you guys the best of luck this year as, a, as Chamber of the Year. Thank you very much. We're going to try hard. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.